Thank you for listening to the Riverbend Church podcast. Riverbend Church exists to lead all people to know, love, and live new life in Jesus Christ. We hope that you enjoy this message. Well, today, our final message of breakthrough. Now, I've entitled today's message, Breakthroughs and Boats. And because I needed an illustration today, I decided to bring a boat. So guys, can you help me out here? Because I thought, what would be better than actually having a boat? If I'm not talking about breakthroughs and boats, why not have a boat here? Now, I did see that my friend Tim, he's got a big boat out in the parking lot. I'm a little boat envy because my boat, you know, this boat, not that boat. I wish I could get it in here. But today, I want to put a picture in your mind that you'll never forget. Thank you, guys. A picture in your mind that you will never, ever forget. Breakthroughs and boats as we end this series today. Now, I want to set the stage for the story I'm about to tell you first. So this guy, John the Baptist, that we've met and we've talked about over the past few weeks, the first cousin of Jesus who baptized Jesus, he's been thrown in prison and ultimately beheaded. And there you go, that's kind of a gory start to the story. Well, Jesus has just found out the news not long before the story I'm going to read. So his heart is grieving. And here's what happens if you read the Bible. He goes out to try to pray by himself and grieve and be with the Lord. He's hurting. But when he goes out there, people follow him. And this is the miracle that we know where Jesus takes two fish and and five pieces of bread and he feeds 5,000 men, possibly 15 or 20,000 people out on this mountainside. His heart is hurting because he's just lost John the Baptist. He just got the news his friends died. But yet ministry comes to him. And so I thought about this before we even got into the story. Did you know that there's a word for any leader or any single mom or any single dad, anybody in here who carries the weight, the sole weight of responsibility for another person, you know what it's like to have loss and pain and tragedy, but to not be able to stop and grieve sometimes. I just got to press on. This is the cool part about it. Jesus may not remove that pain from you, but he'll always tell you, I know what that's like. I know what it's like to have to keep pressing on and raise the kids and pay the bills, even when you're hurting and even when you feel like you've been alone. And there's many of us who have been there in life. And so a word for us before we even get into the story, but Jesus is hurting and doing ministry. Now his disciples have just fed all these people. And so they're exhausted. They're absolutely wiped. They're exhausted. They've probably been crying behind the scenes because they all love John the Baptist And so they've been hurting and serving and hurting and serving, and they're done. And so look what happens. Immediately after all this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake. Now, this is a big lake. It's probably four or five miles across this section where they are. While he sent the people home. So Jesus said, guys, I can see that you're wiped. Get in the boat. I'm going to send you across, basically implying I'll be there soon. I'm going to go send everybody home. We just fed them. Let's get them home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Why did he do that? Because he was hurting. He finally stopped to grieve. I'm busy, and I'm finally slowing down a little bit. And night falls while he is there alone. Now, let me give you a little context of this scripture. The people, after they saw Jesus feed 5,000, they saw the disciples do this miracle, like literally by their hands as they're breaking it. They wanted to make Jesus king right there. Bible talks about this. They wanted to like crown him as the king and they wanted to make the disciples like little gods. Hey, we want you guys to come be our rulers. Now Jesus sent the disciples away from the fame. They could have got more likes and more shares than ever before at this moment. But Jesus says, no, 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 go. And here's what he did. 
he knew that they were called to serve and not to be in charge at that point, not to be some kind of gods by the people. So he sends them away. Jesus here rejects fame and models humility. But look where we find these guys. Jesus sent them away. And here's what it says. Jesus is up on the hill praying. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land. Let's just say they've gotten two miles out. And what happens? A strong wind had risen. This storm blows up out of nowhere, which often happens on the Sea of Galilee. And they were fighting heavy waves. And so they're a pretty good-sized boat. And as they're there, I can see them paddling, you know, and they're like, what in the world? There's a storm. Jesus has sent us out here, and, he's, and we're alone. He's not with us. And so there's something that I want you to know about 2022 from this story so far. I call it breakthrough from the boat. And here it is. Obedience may send you straight into a storm. You got to be okay with God on this. Because I don't want to stand here today and act like I'm proclaiming a prosperity gospel. If you'll just get baptized, if you'll just follow Jesus, then money will be good and family will be easy and life will be grand. I will say that joy will be there. I will say that peace will be available. But here's what I'm telling you. If you climb in the boat of obedience and you say, God, I'm going to do what you want me to do, that boat may take you directly into a storm. So you got to ask yourself, am I okay with 2022 being the year of breakthrough, even if God, through obedience, takes me into a storm? Now, this sort of aligns with this idea I shared a couple weeks ago that break you comes before breakthrough. But it's actually an encouragement to know that when obedience brings you into a storm, do you know what? God is at work. When it's your obedience, now sometimes it's not obedience, it's our own foolishness that gets us into storms. But when we, when we can say in our heart, God, I am following you. I am being obedient. And it seems like life is hard. You can rest assured that God is at work around you in and through that storm. See, in the moment the disciples were sitting in the boat, I think they probably felt deceived by Jesus. Jesus went up on the hill and he sent us out into this crazy weather. He knew what was going to happen. See, here's the rest of the story. Do you know what the storm does? Obedience may lead you into the storm, but did you know that it's storms that can take your faith to the next level? Did you know that breakthrough is primarily in one way about your faith? I want to be stronger in my walk with God, in my faith with God. Storms take our faith to the next level. Mountaintops rarely do. Valleys, storms, wind, rain, that's what plows the hard hearts that we have and gets us ready for the move of God. Now, I've heard this for years from scholars, preachers, teachers of the Bible. They always say there's three types of storms God sends, perfecting ones, protecting ones, and correcting ones. And so I thought, what kind of storm was God sending the disciples into? Well, I think it was protection. You know why? It protected them from their own egos. Instead of these people, these you know 15,000 people making them little gods, Jesus said, get in the boat and go. And so this storm was in a way keeping them humble. See, God may use you in a huge way, but you better believe that he will allow things in your life to keep you humble too. You ever wonder why the greatest servants of God, when you read their stories, they seem to struggle more than anybody else? Could it be that God knows that people would want to set you up as God if he didn't help you stay humble? The boat was about being humble. I'm sending you into the storm. You know something else, though? It was a perfecting storm. 
Because at the end of this storm, when they finally get through it, here's what we're going to see. Their faith went to the next level with the Lord. That's how our faith goes. And so let me ask you a question. How do you react when God sends you through obedience straight into something that's difficult? And you're tired. Can I give you a secret? Everybody will be there, but at different times. That's why the gathering of the church is so important. Because you may be the person that speaks a word of encouragement and hope. Or you may be the one who needs it. And that shoe seems to swap from foot to foot to foot. Everybody's in a different place. Listen, I need to remind you that even if life is hard and you're being obedient and finances are hard and you're being obedient, even if family is hard and raising kids and you're going, Joe, I've been praying and it's still not working. It feels like I'm in a storm. Could it be that God is sending you into the storm because he wants to do something even grander than you're giving him credit for in your life? You know, when my boys were little, they, uh, we lived in a house with a tin roof and, and storms were louder. If you got a tin roof, you know what I mean. Like everything's louder. We loved it because the rain was comforting, but thunder and lightning, hail, all that come down, it was scary sounding. But as soon as a clap of lightning or a huge rain would hit that tin roof, both my boys are straight to our bedroom. You know, the storm never did take us out, but it did send them running to their father. You with me? God will send you running to him sometimes for the storm. The storm is for no other reason than for you to say, hey, I want some time with you. Come to me. Can I be honest today and say that usually we will drift from the Father without the storms in our lives? If everything was mountaintop, we wouldn't need God. We'd actually think that we were God's. But because of pain and struggle and the break you seasons, that's where we find God. And so Jesus never leaves us alone, though. See, at times you feel like you're in the boat alone. You're like, Joe, I'm in the boat paddling alone and the storm's crazy. Where's God in this? Well, let me show you where Jesus was. Here it says, verse 26, about three o'clock in the morning. Now, if you wonder if Jesus pulled all-nighters, boom. Three o'clock in the morning, Jesus is still going. He's been praying and seeking and doing ministry. You thought he went to the hills to go to sleep. I think that the prayer fired him up and probably the Holy Spirit said, hey, you guys are in a storm, you need to go. But it says at three o'clock in the morning, he came towards them walking on the water. Now pause. We have sanitized this verse. Oh yeah, Jesus walks on water. It's 3 a.m., you're in the middle of a storm and there's some dude walking on the water towards you. Y'all like big and bad? But look what, I think we would all be at least where the disciples were. When they saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. Don't act all big and bad. You're in the middle of the storm two miles out with paddles, with a bunch of dudes who are scared, and now you got this thing walking. And what do they say in their fear? They cried out, it's a ghost. They didn't know it was Jesus. Now, I'm always asking questions about the Bible. Had they ever seen a ghost walk on water before? Probably not. I mean, we don't have any inclination they'd ever seen it. But you know how our minds just go to the craziest places whenever hard things start happening? We just, we just get all this. We start watching YouTube videos, and we start reading things other than Scripture and letting it feed in our mind. Next thing you know, you've got it all worked out in, in this craziness of the spiritual realm. And so they go, it must be a ghost. They've never seen a ghost walk on water before. But that's how the enemy plays tricks on your mind. They cried out, it's a ghost. I, I think Jesus is like... <laughs> Idiots. Can I give you a lesson here, though? They're in fear when God starts to show up. Now, he's not all the way there yet, but here's the, here it is. When Jesus begins to do a breakthrough miracle in your life, did you know that fear is a natural response? 
You just need to let that speak healing over you today. Because sometimes when God first starts doing a work in your life, I'm praying, Lord, Lord, show up in my life, Jesus, I need you. When he first starts to work, there may be fear. Fear of what you're going to have to give up. Fear of what's going to change. Fear of what he's doing. If you've never experienced God in a powerful way before, it's been a long time, it's a natural fear response. Now, I think that there was somebody in the boat, surely, all, all these other guys are crying and scared to death. They think it's a ghost. I think there's one dude in the boat, and he's probably going, Lord, this may be my last prayer, Jesus, but show up, Lord. Will you please come through? I'm in the boat, and we're about to go down. There's probably one guy, out of the, one guy out of the 12. And here's what I thought about. Even marginally religious people, when they start drowning in life, they'll start praying, making all kind of promises to God. I don't know who made the promises of God about Georgia winning this year, but somebody did. Lord, I will go to church. Maybe you're here this morning. It's like, I'm, I'm following through, dadgummit. <laughs> I'm here. But we will promise God, all, even marginally religious people. I'm not talking about Jesus people. I mean marginally religious people will go, oh, Lord, I'll do anything. Lord, if you'll just say, God, I'm drowning in the boat, I'll do anything. But oftentimes what happens? As soon as that boat passes through the storm, God, I'll get back to you. I'll come back around. Think about the breakthroughs you're, you're praying for. Sometimes when God begins to, uh, to, to, uh, to show up in your life, he begins to ask you also to do your part. Breakthroughs in boats, it's about when the Lord wants to bring a health breakthrough, he may ask you to change how you're treating your body. When you're praying for a spouse or you're praying for that significant other, come into my life, Lord. Lord, you see me when you're praying. See, sometimes God says, yeah, but put your feet in it. Stop putting yourself in the wrong places and start seeking a godly man, a godly woman. Sometimes we ask for the job, but then when the Lord begins to work, we get fearful about actually stepping out. I don't know if I want to do it. And so when, our, when we first begin wrestling in the storm of the Lord, fear can be a natural response. But I want to, I want to give you something here. How do you get through it then? And this is it. Don't stop listening. So when, when God begins to do a breakthrough, fear is a natural response. Don't tune God out, though. That's what's about to happen. Don't stop listening for the voice of the Lord in the storm. Can I show you what happens here, verse 27? It says, Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. Now, let me tell you how this went down. We read this very calmly. Jesus said, don't be afraid. Take courage, I am here. That's how your Bible app reads it. Can I tell you how this went down? Remember, you ever been at the ocean trying to talk to somebody just about 30 feet away on a normal day? Put yourself in the middle of a storm in a boat on a lake and one dude's walking on water and you're in the boat with a bunch of scared sissies. Wah! Everybody's crying and screaming. So here's Jesus. Hey, guys, don't be afraid. Some of you need, somebody need, you need to listen to me right now. Because you haven't heard the Lord. He's been trying to speak this over you. Hey, I see what you're going through. Don't be afraid. I'm here. Take courage. That's what the Lord is saying to them. I want to be the voice of the Lord for you. And say that, man. God may be calling you to the biggest, wildest dream you've ever had before. He may be calling you to put your feet into action this year. 
And even today and even this month in your faith and in your job and in your family and going, you know what? It's time to make the change. I'm putting my foot down. It's done. I'm ready to move forward. And so I want to be the voice of the Lord if you're in fear. Listen, don't stop listening to the voice of the Lord saying, don't be afraid. Where I'm calling you, take courage. I'm here. Stay in prayer. Listen to the Spirit. Stay in the Word. Stay connected to other believers. Don't let this be the year where you drift away. Because can't we just admit that we sense God more when we're together, when we gather? Now, this goes for some of you who have prayed and fasted. And today, you haven't received everything you asked for. I think probably all of us have asked for some things. You go, it hadn't fully happened yet. Can I tell you this? Don't stop listening for the voice of Jesus crying out over the waves in your life. He's there. So now Peter, he's one of the 12 grown men in the boat. And actually, these guys were pretty rough and tough guys. They were tough, tough dudes. But he's curious. He wants to know more. He hears Jesus and he goes, Lord, look at this. Lord, if it's really you, everybody else is still like wondering and going, okay, we're all going to die. Not now by the waves, but by the ghost that's about to come. Jesus says it's me. So Peter says, if it's really you, Lord, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Tell me to come to you walking on the water. And look what Jesus said, this really simple. Yes, Peter, come on. God's going to give this invitation to somebody in 2022. Yes, you're praying for the breakthrough. God's going to say, yes, come on out on the water. I know the storm's going on. I know the waves are big. And I know everybody else, they don't have the courage to step out there with you. But I'm asking you to do it. Look at this. Walking on the water. And so here's Peter. Here's Peter in the boat. Yes, come. And here's what it says. Peter went over the side of the boat. That's my favorite part in the story. Now, I've seen some really hilarious over the side of the boat moments. Not when you, you don't mean to. One time, Courtney and I, when we first started dating, uh, you, you ever been at that point where you're like your leg, one leg's on the dock and one leg's on the boat and you don't know what to do? And next thing you know, it's whoop, boom, straight down. That happened. And it was awesome. And, uh, and I go, oh, I'm so sorry, baby. But inside I was like, ah! You know? But here's Peter. He intentionally looks at the water, looks at Jesus. I think Peter's going, okay. He said, come. I'm going to trust you. Boom. Can you imagine what happened that first step when his foot hit something solid? And everybody else is going, what in the world? We've never seen this before. The Lord's doing a new work in Peter's life. He said, yes, Peter goes over the side of, uh, side of the boat. Now, Jesus must have been a little ways away. Jesus wasn't right there. He stayed a little bit away. I think he's observing his. So Peter starts walking on water. His eyes are so focused on Jesus, so focused. So here's what the Lord told me as I read this, and he challenged my heart. Only one man out of 12 had the courage to even ask Jesus, tell me to come. And then when Jesus told him to come, only one guy out of the 12, everybody else is watching, only one guy stepped out. Can I give you the message or the, or the lesson from the boat here? Those who pray with their feet often experience miracles while everyone else watches. You ever want to be one of those people? I mean, not because you're prideful. There may be a little bit of pride you got to do with, but not because you're prideful. You just go, God, I want to be the walk on the water person. Well, you got to decide if you'll step out of the boat or not. I mean, that's, that's really what it comes down to. I think God still gives this invitation to people. Come on. But the, the, the deal is to trust the Lord means I can't see the step, God. It's water. Everything I've known about water, Peter was the fisherman. He knew what happened when you stepped out of the boat. You went down. 
And so he going, God, but you're saying this time? Come. And so, Lord, all right, I'm going to step. I wonder who that speaks to. You know God is calling you. And the only reason that you haven't stepped out is because you don't know exactly what, he, what you're going to step on. You know, God, you have called me to this, but I just don't know what to do with it. Everyone else watches the people who pray with their feet. And what I mean is, okay, God, I'm going to come. And then your foot moves. The half-brother of Jesus preached a message that's, that's always resonated with my heart. His name is James. He said, faith without works is dead. You know what that means? To proclaim an empty religion before the Lord. Like, oh yeah, I know God. But then it has no impact on how you live your life. You don't love like Jesus. You don't look like Jesus. You don't act like Jesus. He's saying that's dead faith. That's religious faith. That's not faith in the living God. In the same token, by the same token, prayer without action is dead prayer. If we fasted and we prayed and then we're unwilling to step into what God has for us, guess what? We're going to be sitting in the boat. Now, here's the thing. God loves us so much that he may just let us, you know, miss the walk on the water opportunity. Say, you know what? I'll calm the waves. Just move on to land. But where's the story in that? Where's the kingdom ushering into the world in that? Don't you want to have the story where you say, it may not seem like walking on water to you, but this is what it's like in my life. Part of mine was ministry calling, God, I'll step out. I don't see the step. I don't know what you want me to do here, but Lord, I'm going to step. And it's only in hindsight when you look back and go, I'm actually walking on water. Some of you have missed that moment in your life. You walked on water with the Lord and you, you, you downsized it. You kind of minimalized it and said, that wasn't that big. No, 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 it was. It was your version. God has allowed you to be there. Can I tell you what praying with your feet looks like? Um, there's an old adage made famous in a, a movie, Facing the Giants. If you're going to pray for rain, you need to bring what? Your umbrella. Listen, will 2022 be the year that we carry our umbrella as we pray for rain? God, I'm praying for rain of the Holy Spirit, so I'm going to be ready. I'm praying for you to bring my kids back to Jesus, so God, I'm just going to be so, I'm not even going to be surprised when you do it. It may take longer than I think, Lord, and that may be a storm. God, this financial mess that I'm in, it may take a while. It may not just be like money dropping like manna from heaven. It may be financial wisdom that God wants to give you. But, Lord, I'm not even going to be surprised. I'm just going to turn and give you the glory for walking on the water with me. It may be my physical healing. It may be the salvation of family members. But here's the thing. God may ask you to pray with your feet. Pray with your feet. You want to know him? Don't just make folding your hands before a meal the only time you pray. Pray and then get up and walk out as a child of God. Walk out and go, today, I'm going to live it, Lord. It may be a hard day. It may be a good day. But either way, you go out with this attitude of God. You let Peter walk on water. You're the same God now. You said that we would do even greater things because the Spirit is here. Better is Spirit inside me than Jesus beside me. And so, therefore, I can do all things through Christ. So here's a word for you that I thought about. Some of you think it would be crazy if this happened in my life. And you know what this is. You fill in the blank. I've been praying and I've been going, God, it would be crazy. Can I give you something that I, that I love? It's only crazy in Jesus' name till it happens. I'll, I'll be real with you. I can tell you now because you know I love you now. And I, I'm not going anywhere. But there was a guy who told me when I was coming here that, that lives in this area. I won't name names because y'all would go beat him up. 
He told me, he said, when he heard that I was thinking about coming to Riverbend, he got my phone number. I knew him for years back. He said, do not go to that church. Do not leave where you are and go to that church. I'm telling you, man, you're going to walk out of a move of God to go to that church? Uh-uh. It's exactly what he told me. And I'm going, well, thanks for the encouragement. Like, God's already called me to step out on this water, bro, so love you and don't really need your counsel anymore. You're not hearing from the Lord. You're letting fear of what might happen. When we rode through the parking lot, we knew we're supposed to be in Gainesville. Never hardly been to Gainesville in my life. Came here, me and Courtney both had a crushing burden. This is the people. This is where I want you to spend your life. Come here. And so it's only crazy, though, till it happens. I haven't, listen, I'm not trying to rub it in, but I love to call that guy and go, it's only crazy till it happens, man. I hope that you get to tell those stories. Look what God's done in my life when I stepped out on the water. It's only crazy till it happens. Whether God's calling you away from here or to dig in more here, whether God's calling you to give up something or to take on a challenge, whether God's called, whatever it may be, listen, you get one life. You realize that our days are numbered. You get, if you're 18 years old in the room, if you're 17 years in the world, it feels like you got forever ahead of you. Let me just tell you, your days are numbered. Your days are shorter than you think. You'll be old like me and then older like some of the older people than me really soon. And here's the thing. Every person you talk to that's older than you, they'll go, man, time passes so fast. It's only crazy till it happens. Do you want to have an in Jesus' name story? Let me tell you my story. Sometimes I think about it. I want to have grandkids one day. I got one kid married. We're praying in, the, in God's time in there. I got another one getting married. So one day when the timing's right, I want to be able to sit down with my grandkids and say, can I tell you the story about what grandpops went through here? The moment when God said, step out on the Lord. Can I share the story with you? I want them to get so fired up that it fires them up even after I'm going to be with Jesus in heaven. They're like, let me tell you the story of my granddaddy. Do you want those stories? It won't happen if you keep telling God he's crazy. People can't be healed anymore. That's only in Bible. I've heard scholars and teachers and preachers say that. You know, that was in the Bible days, man. Like, I mean, yeah, the salvation still works. Regeneration of the heart, let me put it in theological. Regeneration of the heart, we still believe in that spiritual move, but we just don't believe in healings, and we don't believe really that, that the Lord speaks anymore. He's already given this word. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? There's nothing in Scripture to say that. People can't be healed. It's only crazy till it happens. My marriage can't be restored. It's only crazy till it happens. I can't be restored to my parents, to my family again. It's too broken. It's only crazy till it happens. I thought about this. We say, God can't save this city. I mean, sure, there's good things going on here, but don't you know how crazy it is in Gainesville? I want you to know in my heart, I love our city. I love the next generation of our city. I love the diversity and the people of our city. And so here's what I've been praying the whole 21 days. God, give us Gainesville for your glory. People say we can't save a city, we can't save a country, we can't save a nation. It's only crazy till it happens. Some of you had limited because you think that the wrong president or the right president, you're putting so much authority in people. And I get it, we should care, we should vote responsibly, but have we put authority in people over God? It's only crazy till it happens. Do you want to be a part of it? Here's what happens. Peter's walking on the water. Now, this moment in his life is life-changing. He would tell this story the rest of his life. But his eyes had been on Jesus. When he saw the strong wind and waves, he was terrified, and he began to sink. Save me, Lord. And so I don't know how close he was to Jesus. He's probably almost to him. And he takes his eyes off Jesus for a moment. He realizes how crazy life is at the moment. 
and he starts to drown. Now, this is, this is the best part of the story. The walking on the water is not the best part, believe it or not. The best part is this. He said, Lord, save me. I did trust you, and now I'm having a hard time, and so I'm going down into the water. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. There's your safety net. When you step out of this boat, when you jump out and go, God, here I am, but then all of a sudden your faith's not strong enough, you start going down. Look what it says. Save me, Lord, immediately. I got you. You were following my call. I know you're not perfect. I got you. Immediately he reached out and grabbed him. Now look what he says. He kind of chastises him a little bit. Peter, you have so little faith. Why did you doubt me? When I heard that for years, I thought, well, he just put Peter in his place. Peter had little faith. But then I started thinking about it this, this month when I was reading this. If little faith can help you walk on the water, what could big faith do? You ever thought about that? If mustard seed faith can move a mountain, what could watermelon seed faith do? That's my country boy coming out. A little faith let Peter walk on the water. See, it's often like this. We get out of the water, we start to walk towards Jesus. And see, some of you are going to step out this year. And the reason you're going to want to get out of church and get away from your small group and get back into your old habits is because you start to sink again. You start out and you go, Lord, I'm out on the water. But then immediately the old ways, the old self starts to drag you back down. The old addictions, the old sins of the night, they start to drag you down. And so you give up. Now here's the thing. Instead of giving up, you should cry, Lord, save me again. That's what Peter was basically saying. Lord, you already called me out. Will you save me? Again, and here's, here's what the Lord spoke to me as I saw this. For some of you, if you step out or you already stepped out and you feel like I'm sinking now, I'm already struggling, here's a word. Better to sink and be saved than to never have stepped out on the water. You with me? It's better to have the story. You know what? I stepped out on the water in my life. This is what it looked like for me, and I did that. Better step out and be saved. You go, well, man, people think I'm a failure if I step all in for Christ and then I mess up or I'm not perfect. Well, let them think what they want. Let them think what they want. You can cry to your God and he'll go, I got you, daughter. I got you, son. I'm not calling you to something thinking you can do it on your own. That's all, that's all this was about. Peter, you can't do this on your own. You gotta keep your eyes fixed on me. But even if you lose it sometimes, I'm gonna pull you back up again. I'm right there. See, Riverbend Church, I believe, you got a guy standing on the stage, God has lit a fire in my heart for what's ahead. I believe that God still does miracles. I believe God still changes cities. I believe God still heals the family. I believe that God still saves those that we've given up on. I believe that God still brings joy back to the most depressed person. I believe that God can bring healing from anxiety. I believe that God wants to do a work in marriages. I believe that God wants to restore families. I believe that God wants to see the church be the centrality of a neighborhood and the central place of the community. Every Bible-believing Jesus preaches church, we will locked arms be the center of it. I believe that God can. So all I'm going to tell you is you may never come back after today. I hope you do, but I just want you to know this is not the finish line. It's the starting line. Buckle your seatbelt. I hope someone is listening. The breakthrough you've been praying for somewhere along the way in the next few months, God is going to invite you to pray with your feet. You've prayed with fasting. You've given sacrificially. Many of you said, I'm gonna be generous during this time. Now, this is a side note. It's crazy when you fast and pray, your heart is actually drawn to be more generous. Why? Because you're more filled with the love of God. I hope you're listening, though. 
A crisis of belief is going to happen in your heart when God starts to answer your prayer. You may not even realize it at first. The Lord's actually responding to my prayer. So I hope this story comes to mind. Peter got out of the boat. He stepped out. But immediately when he stepped out, the Lord saved him. Now, check this out. I don't know if he carried him piggyback or he like, you know, baby cradled him. I don't know what he did. But Jesus grabs Peter. Everybody else is watching. I think these guys in the boat are pretty mad. I'd be ticked, wouldn't you? Dadgummit, Peter was the only one that stepped out. He gets to be carried by the Lord now. He's the one out there experiencing the water with Jesus. But it says, when they climbed back in the boat, look what happened. The wind stopped. You know what that tells us? This storm was a sent storm. Jesus knew where he was sending them. It wasn't accidental. It wasn't satanic. That, that did happen in the Bible. But when he stepped back in the boat, you know, I think Jesus mentally just says, hush. And the whole place went calm again. He can do that in your heart. The disciples worshiped him. And look what it says. <laughs> I struggle with it. You really are the son of God. Now, they just saw him feed 5,000 men. They've seen miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. And now, 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 when they see Peter saved out on the water, they go, oh, you really are the son of God. Isn't our faith just like that, church? You and I, we've seen God work. But then pain comes in, the enemy lies to us, and we forget how grand he is. And so many times, we need to be brought back to that stormy place to say, you really are the son of God. You really, Lord, you really are. If I had to say this, one thing I've experienced is during this season, it's back to the original thought from when I was a little boy and gave my life to Jesus. You really are the son of God, Lord. I can't even explain it. All I know is my heart's burning on fire. I feel a, just a, a passionate zeal for your glory and your presence in my life is not about me. It's about you. And I feel this. And Lord, Lord, you really are the son of God. That's one of the things that's come to my mind so many times. Now, Peter would deny Jesus a little bit later. He would deny him. He would mess up again. He would sink. But guess what? The Lord rose from the grave and one of the first people he went to see, guess who it was? Peter. Grabbed him by the hand again, Peter. You denied me. You slipped and fell. Pulled him up. Do you know what would happen after that pull up, though? Peter would become the guy who would begin to preach revival into Jerusalem. He would begin to say, hey, turn to Jesus, and masses were coming. Also, Peter would begin to reach across ethnic lines that have never been reached across by the gospel before. He would begin to preach to people and break down walls of division, socioeconomic levels, Races, nationalities, Peter began to preach the gospel to everybody and he was wrestling in his own heart in a way that was stepping out on faith and going, God, I've never shared with people who aren't like me. But he was the, one of the forefathers of seeing the church become an all-nation congregation. So no doubt his mind probably went back many times to that boat that day. I can't believe God let me walk on the water. He should have let me drown when my faith was weak, but he didn't. Can I give you the bottom line for this entire series and this entire story today? And here it is. I want you to think about this. The pivot point in every breakthrough is where we act on what we believe, a.k.a. we pray with our feet. Here's the bottom line. Here's the bottom line. The pivot point in every breakthrough 
is where we act on what we believe. And I'll take you back to this. It's where we pray with our feet. Faith without works is dead faith. Prayer without shoes, prayer without action, it's dead prayer. We're not really believing God. See, some people have already experienced breakthrough. But more often than not, there's still us that are praying. There's so many people across Riverbend Church, across many of you that watch, you go, I have experienced God. I've heard his voice. It's been a good season, but I'm still praying for some breakthrough in my life. And so what I want to ask you is, as we get into this new year, as we go beyond, this is not the finish line of our year. This is the starting line for breakthrough. I believe God wants to unfold it this year, but do you know what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to continue. As you're in the boat, you're going to have to continue. Even if the storm is rocking, you're going, God, where are you? I'm praying and things are howling around you. You're going to have to listen and discern the voice of the Lord and trust him. And here's the thing, if you really want to see breakthrough in your life, in your finances, in your health, in that salvation of that family member, in restoration of your family, if you really want to seek the Lord for that, there's probably going to be a time where he's going to ask you to humble yourself and he's going to ask you to trust him. You know what trust looks like? It's like you've been holding on to that safety of your boat, but I'm calling you out on the water. It's time to step out on the water. But I'm scared. If I'm obedient like that, I may drown. Remember what happened to Peter? Jesus took him by the hand as soon as he had said, Jesus, save me, and he raised him up. See, if you want to experience breakthrough this year, you're going to have to act. And it's time to build a habit of acting on God's word. Read it. Take it in. Meditate on it and say, God, I'm going to live my life today according to what you say, what you promise acting on the Spirit's promptings. See, we could translate today Jesus walking on the water to the Spirit coming into our presence. And we go, God, I sense you. I feel you. And as we listen through the storm, Lord, I think I hear your voice. And then act on it. I'm going to share a story with you guys watching online this morning. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I had a weird call out onto the water that I've never had before. And it was, uh, it was the first Thursday night as we began to fast and pray. Uh, my mom had been in a lot of neck and back pain. And I mean, so much, it was just almost crippling in her life. She was asking for prayer. And I felt like on a Thursday night, the Lord said, get in the truck and ride down there and pray for her. Now I could pray for her right where I was. But honestly, it was right before the snow came. And so I went thinking, you know, I'll go get a generator, which worked out great. But really in my heart, God was going, go down there to your mom's house and pray for her. And she didn't have a life-threatening disease. But honestly, it was a little bit of faith. I had to go home and tell Courtney, I think I'm supposed to get in the car and like go spend the night in Noonan tonight. And Courtney was very supportive. She said, absolutely, Lord, yeah, go do that. It's blessed. So you know what? Almost reluctantly, I got in my truck. I drove down there. I stayed with my mom, literally drove down there, stayed a few hours. And the next morning we got up and I was able to just pray over her. And there was such a sweet peace of the Lord just praying in that moment. And in the moment, I didn't know anything. I left and, and I came back home and a, a couple of days went by and she didn't respond uh, or text me anything. But a couple of days went by and she texted me and she said, 
I've been hesitant to reach out to you, but since that, that time, that time when we prayed, I haven't had a single pain in my body. And so now for three weeks, the Lord has completely removed whatever this pain was. And so that may seem small to you, but for me, I've been praying for my mom. And so I just wanna encourage you, God cares about the little things, but he may call you to step out and do something simple on the water. Trust me. And so as I'm praying for you, I want you to know that I'm also scared to step on the water. Did you know that coming here, there was a lot of fear in me, but I knew I heard the voice of the Lord, but stepping out to come to Riverbend Church and be the pastor, in many ways, it was like stepping out of a boat that I felt very comfortable with. I mean, it was safe. It wasn't even that stormy, but the Lord said, get out on the water. Trust me. I don't want you to stay in the shallow. I don't want you to play in the kiddie boat. I want you to get out. And so I did, I stepped out. And here's where we are today. I'm getting to be a part of this with you. And so if you're watching online today, I want you to know, man, there's a lot of breakthroughs I think God wants to bring, but one that he promises he will bring, anyone who calls on my name will be saved. That's a breakthrough. We've seen people around Riverbend over the past couple of weeks, and they've been saying yes to Jesus, and they've been experiencing soul breakthrough. Is the breakthrough you need today just God in your life? Is the voice that you hear calling you as you watch this right now, is it surrender to him? Listen, will you just open your heart up and surrender your life fully and completely to Jesus today and just tell him, say, Jesus, I believe you. I hear you calling me today through this message. And Lord, I just wanna say, I'm ready to make you Lord. I'm ready to repent from my sin and turn and begin to follow you to the best of my ability. Lord, save me. And if you cry out to him, guess what? That is a prayer and a breakthrough that God will bring in your life. He will anoint your life with the spirit. So if you're crying out to him right now, I just want you to know we're with you. We're cheering for you as all of heaven is as you cry out to the Lord. Know this as well. We are here and we are praying for your breakthrough. We want you to experience the power of God in your life in 2022 like never before. Will you reach out and let us know that today I surrendered my life to Jesus. Will you reach out? Let us know your story. Will you reach out and say, I haven't experienced it, but I'm still praying for it. Will you pray with me? We have a prayer team that we would love to join you in prayer. Listen, as we kick off into this brand new year, I want you to know it can be a year of breakthrough, your best year yet. If it's your best year spiritually, know that you are loved, you matter. And I can't wait to see the breakthrough that God has for you. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Riverbend Church Podcast. To learn more about who we are as a church and how to connect, you can head over to our website, riverbendchurch.life.